We are so excited to welcome you back to another episode of the SFC Europe podcast. Today we'll be joined by Jan and Reza Kolcecka from uh, Airfort, Germany. It's an incredible time to talk about what does a small group look like and how can I uh, lead a small group and find leaders for a small group. Hope you enjoy it. Please, once again, let us know if you have any questions, any comments. Visit us at sfceurope.org and leave us a comment or question. We look forward to hearing from you and uh, hearing from what might be going on in your part of the world. Thanks so much. And here comes SFC Europe podcast number five. All right. Well, I'm so thankful to be here uh, joining Jan and Risa in our SFC Europe podcast. Thanks for guys for being with us and taking the time out to talk with us about uh, ministry in your lives. And we're going to talk about uh, small groups today. So thanks for being part. Um, I'm excited. Good. <laughs> so I'd love to um, maybe have each of you share just a little bit about maybe how you came to Christ and how you got involved with SFC. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can start. Uh, I grew up in a um, Christian family, so I was kind of familiar with who is God and um, praying every night and mm-hmm. going to kids' church and um, realized later that really what I thought about being a Christian is that you pray your night prayer, you um um, I volunteer for Chris, for Christian kids camps. Mm-hmm. And if someone would ask you if you believe in God, you would not deny. Okay. <laughs> I really felt that's pretty much what to be a Christian means. Okay. Until really um, I went to Australia for okay. a, a year being an exchange student there when I was 17. And there it felt like it was for the first time that I realized that there's so much more to being a Christian and that I can actually have a real personal relationship with Jesus. That was kind of new to me, even though I grew up in a Christian surrounding, but a very traditional church. And um, so, yeah, that was new to me. And then there was kind of the first time that I realized that. And from there on, I got more and more involved in what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus. I got involved with Students for Christ, SFC okay. in Germany, and got to know people who really were following him with their whole lives dedicated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that was, I guess, the, the starting point, the changing point was really for me in Australia, even though I had a lot of background with okay. Bible studies and stuff. So how did I become part of SFC? When I came uh, to study in Erfurt, I studied primary school education. Um, The only person I knew in the town, she had already been a student for one year and she was part of SFC. So she took me to the SFC group. And I remember the first night uh, there was a nun as a speaker and she spoke for two hours um, about, uh-huh. I don't know what it is in English, but she spoke for two hours straight and I was like, wow, that's a lot of talking, but the uh-huh. people were so nice that I just came back because of the people because, of, I, the people. because of the yeah. people <laughs> yeah. and I found a small group that first night and was integrated. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. And Jan, what about you? So I grew up in a 
Christian family too. And as a, as a kid, I had really, really a bad headaches. Mm-hmm. And my mom would um, sometimes just spend, spend hours at my bed praying for me and okay. praying for me in tongues. And so um, the whole thing, um, relationship with Jesus and the invisible word and the presence of the Holy Spirit and stuff like that were a normal thing for me. And um, and looking back, it, it is kind of funny because I, I wanted to experience uh, life without Christ uh, so I could kind of kind of know know the value in having the uh-huh. life with Christ, right? Okay. So I mean, teenage mindset. Well, um, but then I went to a, a Christian holiday camp, and um, we had a night of prayer, and and also blessing teams, and they asked the. If if they can pray for me for anything. And then they said, maybe you have not received the, the um, praying in tongues gift. Maybe you want to have it. Yeah. I said, okay. okay. <laughs> and they said, okay. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, boom. And then now you have to practice. And I, I think I was 14 and I received um, praying in tongues. And so just growing growing in the whole thing it it felt so normal and like this is how it is and um later on uh, studying psychology and just broadening my my mindset and world world worldview i will um before i studied i went to a dts discipleship training school with um youth with a mission Okay. And um, I went to Nepal and to Tibet, and it was a really intense experience that broadened my horizon on on our global <laughs> connection worldview mm-hmm. um, and yeah how we live life right okay so coming coming back and um, studying in Erfurt, i was also connected um pretty fast with uh, students for christ and so i i came into the into the christian network and first i thought uh, we were just sitting sitting in a circle with the 40 people and we had to introduce ourselves and i felt really awkward and felt like <laughs> man i don't want to come back and <laughs> and then but then in church we met some people and they were just inviting it felt like they invited everybody to come to their home and mm-hmm. cook together and okay. uh, that was so mind-blowing for me because i felt I thought, well, you you don't know me, and you invite me now, and then later on, they were SFC students, and so I got reconnected with the group, and okay, again, I I became part of SFC because of the people. Okay, very cool. <laughs> Those are good stories. So, um, what uh, what is your role with SFC now? So, so everybody, so SFC in Germany, what is your role with them now? So everybody can kind of get a picture of where you guys are coming from and what you're mm-hmm. about. 
So for about four years, both of us are working with SFC Germany on the national level. Okay. And I think two years ago, we kind of took over the regional area of okay. the northeast of Germany. Okay. And now, since John Cushell is leaving for a year, okay. um, the two of us and Miriam, maybe some of you know them, know her, we're, we're taking over the national leadership from okay. John. But this okay. is just starting and we're feeling very much um, out of our comfort zone. It's a growth zone. area. <laughs> it's a growth yeah. area. Good. Very much. We're a very small team in Germany. So, so far it's just Miriam, John, uh, Miriam, John Jan and me. Okay. And we have two um, students who are doing mini jobs with SFC Germany this year, which is really awesome. Okay. And so, yeah. And then we have two people who do all the administration and stuff. But just for the student level, we're only six. Okay, very cool. So awesome. Um, we said we were going to talk about small groups today. And um, that might be a term that a lot of people have in their heads, an idea. When you guys say small groups, what is it you mean when I, I talk about SFC or student ministry and small groups? What does that bring to mind for you guys? Yeah, so we think about an intentional meeting of people up to eight or ten okay and the intention is to grow in the relationship with christ and to um journey together okay and okay. and um where it is really encouraging having each other and to encourage each other to have um a more um intimacy approach relationship because in a large group um some people tend to be more anonymous than to really in, um develop really deep relationships and in small groups you see each other and um so for example if you meet once once a week um you know what's going on through the semester you see right. how life has changed. And so that is one part. Mm -hmm. And it is also fun. Yeah. Where there's is the three Fs. It's faith, fun, friends. So yeah. and that that is that is totally something that's for small groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um so when you guys do talk about a small group as part of student ministry, how long does that last for? Do you guys ask people to commit to a long, to a particular time or, or what is, what is your general way things work? Mm -hmm. So usually um, we ask students to commit for at least one semester, but okay. better for one year. The one semester thing really just came up because we would have students who just drop out in between or here or there. So we say, so um, if you commit, please say that you come for at least one semester and make that a thing for you. Because okay. we feel with students committing for one semester is already a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Committing to something in general is a hard thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for one semester, but usually they stay for at least one year or longer. Okay. Um, and usually we try, but it's a challenge and it sometimes doesn't work um, to split the small group after one year and start okay. kind of like two new small groups or mm -hmm. 
um, so that people can come in because usually in October we have new students coming mm -hmm. and we want them to be part of a small group as well. Right. So that's what we try, but small groups tend to really have a problem splitting, finding yeah. new leaders, leaders who actually want to take the responsibility in, in okay. being a leader uh -huh. and then splitting because it's maybe they became your best friends and you yeah. can't see your group splitting. Yeah. So that's a lot of work. And we realized we have to communicate that right from the start of starting a small group that we communicate yeah. to them, Hey, the blessing that you're receiving through a small group and that you can be part of a small group is only because someone split their small group or started a new one. So we want to have that in mind for next year when new students come. So you please have in mind that we probably split this group in a year so other people can come in and we try to communicate that all over the year, sometimes less, okay. sometimes more. So they know that we might split. Oh, that's a great way to start from the beginning. And, and I love the way you explained this is because somebody else split their group or started a new group that you get to even have one. That's awesome. Um, so normally how long, uh, how often do small groups meet and where do they meet and what does that look like? Mm. Well, they meet at, at their homes. Okay, at homes. Okay. Hopefully, they do. They in, invite each other into their lives and into their, I mean, don't get it wrong, but into their bedrooms as groups. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, it is, uh, for some, it is really an act of overcoming shame because, hey, I have just a small room, but I invite you in and and the others are really excited and saying, oh, thanks for letting me into your room and sharing this with me. And um, okay. so this is something a group really grows together with by okay. sharing rooms and hospitality. Okay. And um, Can I say something? Yes. Yeah. Uh, also something that I didn't realize is such a big deal, but it is a big deal for a lot of students is really the inviting part, as Jan said, for some students, it's really hard to open your house or okay. to just say, yeah, come to my place, even though I just have this small room. It's really a growing thing as well for them that mm -hmm. they can okay. learn how to share the little they have with others mm -hmm. and just okay. be welcoming and hospitable. Oh, so, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it until just some years ago that this is a big thing for a lot of students. Okay. Uh, to let someone come into you, to your own little intimate space. Right. Yeah. Usually you are by yourself in. Mm -hmm. um, and then you ask, um, when does it meet? So yeah. usually um, once a week, or we encourage every small group to meet once a week for like a real small group time. But we also encourage small groups to do something outside of that, their small group time. Okay. So maybe you can you go watch a movie together, um, but not to, not that to be the small group time, but small group time really being intentional, looking for growth, praying together, but then uh, as like an extra to the small group time, um, go out bowling, um, mm -hmm. picnic. Is that the word in English as well? Picnic? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> picnic. Yeah. Something like that, just to have this um, getting to know each other time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we would um, distinguish between the former time when you That's have the structure and you say, hey, this is our intention, this is what we do, and then the informal time where people yeah. still meet and build relationship, but there's it's not really a structure. And so we find that when people actually study same things together and uh, meet each other normally in in the cafeteria or um, out <laughs> out uh, somewhere in in the library or on the campus on the yeah. campus yeah. yes it, it makes such a big difference yeah and because they grow um faster together and mm -hmm. and share life more more intense so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's something that has been really hard in the last semester because of the whole corona covid mm. thing students yeah. couldn't wouldn't see each other on campus because no one was on campus. Mm -hmm. yeah. The only way students would see each other would be online. And yeah. online is so different than meeting in real life. Yeah. So that was a big thing, getting people together. We Just in the last few weeks, we finally were able to meet in smaller groups again, like in real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you could really see that people were longing to be with people in, yeah. in real, not just online. They yeah. just enjoyed it so much, just meeting, hanging out, um, yeah. sitting on the grass on campus and just talking yeah. without yeah. internet. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Um, I have so many questions about small groups. and It's, it's so uh, an important <laughs> and integral part here. Um, I'm just going to go through some of my other questions. Do you have to have a large group in order to have a small group? That's my question. Like as you, if you're SFC Air Force, do you have to have a large group or can you just be made up of small groups? That is such an interesting question because we have thought about it a, a lot in the last years. Do we need both? Is mm -hmm. Because we really feel small groups are the place where people really can be discipled. Yeah. and where real growth is happening. So we've been thinking a lot about, do we need this, the large group meetings or do they just take away so much energy in organizing um, mm -hmm. that small groups are kind of neglected in that yeah. process. But then we also came here, at least, we came to the point that um, large groups also have their place because yeah. students really enjoy coming together as a big group as well and worshiping yeah. as a big group. Yeah. or being taught as a big group or going out afterwards or playing games yeah. is, is then again different to being in a small group. Yeah. So that's why we really have both. We have large yeah. group meetings every week and small group meetings mm -hmm. because kind of both have a different um, goal to them, if, okay. that's, if, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So we really have both. And right. we used a large group actually to build small groups. Right. So we, when, for, um, when the semester starts in October, we usually have one whole night that's just about small groups. Okay. So we teach about small groups and then we have already existing small groups introducing themselves. Mm -hmm. And then okay. new students can go and find a small group. We kind of made it a thing some years ago we just started mm -hmm. and now it seems or it feels to students that it's the normal way you just go and find a small find group a small group that week because yeah. before that 
um, we always said, hey, and if you still want a small group, go to X mm-hmm. Max or whoever, and he'll give you a small group. But then that meant you have to be um, very open. Mm-hmm. You have to really take initiative. take initiative. You have to be okay with talking to the stranger Max. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then and then maybe two or three people would go and look for a small group. So we thought, how can we change that? So yeah. that's why we did that whole lot small groups where it just seems normal that now I guess I have to go and find a small group because that's what everyone does. Right. Um, so we got much more people involved in small groups. We have, I think, at least 70, 80% of our group is in a small group now because of that little change kind of. Okay, that's great. That's awesome. Um, we kind of covered some of these questions already, so we'll go to the next one I had. Um, what you guys said a little bit about the purpose, but I'm wondering, are there other things that a small group can work for? Because we talked a little bit about it's really about helping people walk closer to God. And I had some other ideas. Do you mm-hmm. guys use small groups for evangelism? Like if a new person comes, is a small group the right place for them to go to if they're not a Christian already? Okay, let me answer the question mm-hmm. with um, with the reflection tool. So yes. it's a triangle and it has three dimensions. The up, in and out dimension. So the up dimension is the relationship to the Father. Mm-hmm. The in dimension is the relationship to the body of Christ. And the out dimension is uh, to, the relationship to the not yet Christians, right? Yeah. So... And um, as individuals and as small groups, we want to grow in all um, three areas and dimensions. And we want to aim for a balance of those three. And the funny thing is actually that it is all about the relationship with God. And you can experience God in the out component. You can Mm -hmm. experience God in the in component and in the out component. And uh, bringing people to small group um well sometimes it really depends on group dynamics yeah but it can be such a blast because they bring cool questions mm-hmm. and for some they're saying hey you're talking about a living faith something i don't have what is it and and th- then you have the real interest right right so i think sometimes we are a bit afraid that we scare people off by bringing them to um to the small group session or um to break the group dynamics and Mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't move forward as as much as uh, we would without new people yeah but i think um actually we're just creating room for for god's move right so when on the move anything can happen and um so i think it is a a mature perspective and we want to um, train people in this mindset and and by then anything can happen okay so just one more thing to be honest most of our small groups are pretty much um, filled up with people who already know Jesus somehow Mm -hmm. but a lot of them come from a background where it was just the family thing to do so and now they're learning how to uh, how to be a mature christian by myself 
-hmm. um, and then also our goal is or our wish um, that students invite their um, their friends from university to come to small group and I love stories so one little story because of corona they were do, having digital small groups via mm -hmm. zoom or skype and one of our guys small group one of the guys in there he just invited a friend who actually lives in Berlin mm -hmm. um, to come to the online zoom meeting and he and they were just going through romance so that might not be the best chapter or best book to do with a non-christian but they were just doing their normal small group thing. They're still reading Romans together. Mm -hmm. And the guy would come regularly and ask questions. And he would communicate to them that always when the small group meeting is over, he just felt so much like, wow, I want more of that. I want to know more. I don't understand everything, but what they are having is something I want to have as well. Yeah. And it's so cool. And the guy just comes over the online meeting every week now. And it's so okay. interesting. He asks the good questions. Yeah. So I love that story because they didn't have to change their whole program, kind of. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to make it just for that one guy. They just did small group as they do small group and invited someone in. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, because yeah. I've, I've heard from, you know, other people in Austria where we work with university students was, oh, well, if a non-Christian comes and I need to kind of change what my small group is, I have to do it like, make it more uh, non-Christian friendly. But I mm -hmm. think um, the reality is that when we just are doing what we normally do, that is very attractive to a person who is not a Christian to come and be a part of it. Even if they don't understand every single thing, mm -hmm. we can still let them be a part of it if they're not a Christian yet and they can see what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. Is the small group a place for people to come and argue about the Bible? That's my other question. What do you do when someone comes to your small group and their, their goal is to change everybody's opinion? Good question. I think sometimes that's actually a really cool thing because um, then you have to uh, critically, critically reflect your own opinion. And mm -hmm. sometimes we, we just have opinions, right? Because yeah. we have somebody said something we have not even read the line or something yeah. <laughs> and then we believe in something we have to reflect on yeah. and sometimes that's when we dig deep and find out the the truth and mm -hmm. um, it kind of builds a new foundation for what we believe in mm -hmm. and yeah. so that could be something on of value but um i think there are some really sophisticated um, people who discuss you in the ground by using <laughs> scripture in a wrong way and mm -hmm. it's just manipulating you and um, I guess with those people you have to have the talk and see what's happening yeah but we had um, we had a girl just sharing about something and another girl said wow that's so different to what I learned from my parents and she yeah. really had to kind of make up her own mm. mind about yeah. that topic because yeah. she just thought what her parents always taught her mm. is the only truth. And yeah. I guess everyone Christian believes the same way. Mm. But then she heard a totally another point of view from that other girl in my small group. And suddenly she was like, I guess I have to think about it again. Mm. Okay. So they can be good. But the real just arguing thing, I think, 
in in my point of view, that person would have to have a conversation with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I, let's call it a grand goal is to lead people into a self-feeding process where they start studying the Bible on themselves too. And yeah. it's not just um, consumerism uh, right. in church landscape or something, but it is actually, I want to <laughs> build my own faith on a solid foundation and right. by studying the Bible myself. And mm -hmm. if people are so sophisticated in discussing with me and I'm not, then I go home and I study myself. And yeah. that might be something really um, discouraging, encouraging. You okay. know? <laughs> yeah, it could be a challenge for people. I, yeah. I have so many really good, like intense, practical questions. Before we get to those, maybe this is kind of one. Are all of your small groups uh, guys small groups and girls small groups or do you have mixed small groups as well so far now we only have girls and guys separated okay. when i first came to sfc we had mixed small groups i really now looking back i feel like it both has their um pros and cons yeah so with the mixed small group when the girls would just you know kind of lose the topic the guy would hey let's let's come back to the real topic here Okay. And we just stay with it, more focused. Um, we really decided for guys and girls small groups because there are so many topics that people feel more um, open about if they are not in a mixed small group. Just okay. mentioning stuff like pornography um, is okay. something that you rather share in a in an only guy or only girl small group. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point of view. Um, what are the biggest problems leading a small group for small group leaders? What is the biggest problem they have to deal with? What would you say? Mm. Mm. It's a good question because um, it could be the mixture of people coming together that you have to build trust, create mm -hmm. home, create atmosphere, um, break down barriers and... Um, actually kind of doing the network between the people first because you get into something um, deeper. But for me, I had so mixed experience, uh, experiences. So with one group, I just worshiped and prayed and boom, we had the best connection ever. And with um, other groups, I had to really play the icebreaker games and do the um, live sharing um, mm -hmm. testimonies and stuff like that to really build on head knowledge. And so I think there are different components on how to okay. really kind of become a family and not okay. just a group. And um, that is something the leader has to do. And as well, I think <laughs> being intentional on spiritual growth and uh, pushing mm -hmm. the, um, let's call it a spiritual dimension because sometimes um, we just get together and it's mm. so much fun and that's yeah. it, you know? So I think that different, um, different parts a leader has to take care of. Okay. I feel one of the biggest problems for me in the last years always has been commitment. Okay. Um, to get people to be committed, to come every week, not just once a month because it's my best friend's birthday party or mm -hmm. I have 
to learn for something that's happening in two weeks, but I have to learn for it tonight. Yeah. Um, so the commitment part, and also not sure if it's the same in girls and guys small groups, but girls small groups can tend to be a lot about just chit chat. Uh -huh. So you come together and for hours and hours, the girls are just talking, talking about life, which is fun, but mm -hmm. we never get to go deeper until someone says, Hey, do we want to talk about the Bible? And then sometimes yeah. you feel like the party pooper. <laughs> okay. Because they just want to, uh, you know, not go deep. So that yeah. I feel like that's, that's two challenges that I've come okay. across a lot. That's really good. Those are true, true things for definite challenges. How, um, if I want to be a small group leader, do I have to be like, the best Christian in the group or like know more about the Bible than everybody else? What do you think? No. <laughs> Simple answer. No. Yes. Well, I, I think uh, we are all growing and yeah. um, just having the mindset on, Hey, this is about me and Christ. And this is about you and Christ. And this is about us journeying together with Christ on on a deeper level or into into something bigger and deeper and um so and not judging each other by how cool we are or, mm -hmm. or how strong our relationship with god or what kind of miracles we experienced already mm -hmm. or something but it it is about um, growing together Mm -hmm. And we do, we do really like the Chi Alpha components, the FAT components, F-A-T, the faithful, okay. available, and teachable, mm -hmm. um, because we are all still learning and we right. make mistakes. Um, so it's really important that, first of all, you're faithful, that you want to follow Jesus, that you're available, that you actually commit to being mm -hmm. a small group leader for at least a semester and that you're teachable. We've come across that a lot, that there's some students who just think because they might be a little older or they're doing their master's program, they already know more than everyone else and know mm -hmm. it better. Okay. And, um, and even, I'm not sure if it's the same in Austria, but in Germany, um, a lot of students have problems with, with authority or okay. leadership. Yeah. So to be teachable and to actually listen to someone who is your leader is also just one big component. And if we find people who are fat, um, then that's, that's a good to go. I think. Okay. For being a group leader. How uh, do you get those people who, who are that way to commit to being a small group leader? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's my Austrian problem. Um, but uh, I found it's, it's sometimes difficult to get people. You see them and you can see they're so faithful and they would be great and they have great connections with other people. But the last thing they want to do is commit to leading a small group. How do mm -hmm. I help them become a small group leader? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, this, this <laughs> good question. Okay. Let's uh, call out the five levels. So it is <laughs> I do you watch I do a you assist you do I assist you do I watch and you do somebody else watches mm -hmm. so uh, leading people into responsibility sometimes I yeah. think it is that people are, are a little bit afraid of the weight of responsibility mm -hmm. and um, and just doing things with with them together yeah might give them the idea that it's actually easy for them to do and yeah. um, they could just carry on if you're away and yeah. then 
they start doing it. So yeah. by having um, a small group leader and a co-leader who is yeah. going into it. So by by the end of the semester of the year, they're ready and good to go. Yeah. Also, one thing that I realized in talking to students is speaking it into their lives, um, yeah. what mm-hmm. you see in them. Like mm-hmm. not right just that moment when you need them as a small group leader, but during, <laughs> throughout the semester, um, just telling people what I see mm-hmm. in them. So one thing I once did, but then I didn't keep on going. After every small group meeting next morning, I would send a short voice message to everyone in my small group, um, telling them something that I thought was especially cool about them or that I realized the night of the small group, what I saw mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Um, or I talked to another girl and she said, wow, it's amazing because ne- no one has ever spoken into me that I could be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, just speaking it into people might help. Doesn't mean that girl didn't take over the small group leadership either, even though yeah. I, she was, um, you know, amazed that someone saw it in her. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like that's totally a, a thing for sure to speak into people what you see mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. yeah. invite them. Yeah. to come to maybe some leadership meetings stuff like that okay but yeah, yeah. it's challenging it is <laughs> challenging it is challenging sometimes often those people also are quickly involved in some other um charity work or whatever because they're so faithful and available yeah. you know they they want to be involved somehow just mm. the leadership thing is often it seems to be yeah and then encourage them to pray we have a new leader and she really i never thought she would be on a leadership team because she's doing so many things and then she just stopped doing something the start of this year because god told her to and we thought okay we feel like we should ask her so we asked her and then she just prayed and felt like that's where god wants her to be so i encourage people to really pray over the leadership thing and hear god's voice about it Good. So when I'm leading a small group, I've had moments where no one, I mean, no one wants to answer a question or respond mm-hmm. to something or seems to really want to talk. Yeah. What do yeah. I do to get those people to mm-hmm. come out of their shell and talk? In mm-hmm. girls' small groups, that doesn't happen very often. So that's <laughs> why Jan has to answer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a really sweaty situation where <laughs> I, I feel really um, uncomfortable and it feels like everybody feels uncomfortable. And I think then it's a really, really good um, thing to just play a game together. For example, for example, there's something called solarium. So okay. you have different um, pictures on cards and you can lay them out on the table. And then maybe you have a question like, uh, what what picture would you pick to uh, example your current relationship with God? And okay. so everybody looks around and picks one and can say something specific about this picture and, uh, and mm-hmm. why he picked it and stuff like that. So I think that really helps um, to make it really specific. And um, what did you do with your guys? Oh boy, I didn't want to talk. Yes, Mm. can't really remember. It was it was a really difficult time, and I think um, we we started just sharing life stories because you're the expert of your life and you know what to talk about. Right. Yeah. And um, 
But for that, I think it's always really crucial that the leader heads out first and creates um, an idea for depth. So when I share about my life, I share about the shameful moments of my life to to offer trust to them and say, you're worth it. I tell you because (laughs) I believe that we have the psychological safety here and that we keep it among us and not um, share it with others. And that really helps people to open up and uh, start talking. Creating a safe place for them to be vulnerable with each other. Yeah, that's really good. Good. So um, what is the most important quality for a small group leader? Maybe one, more than one, and, and not just that they're faithful and available and teachable. Something else, something beyond that. Is there a quality about somebody like, ah, that that's a great quality for a small group leader or, or is it just, they just need to be a servant and willing. One thing that comes to my mind that I, when I heard one girl in my, one of my first small groups share that story, I thought she'll be a good small group leader. She was very honest and open about a, um, a relationship she had before and mm-hmm. also that they were having sex with each other and that she um, she was just open and honest about that and how God changed her heart about that mm-hmm. and how she sees it differently now and how da 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 uh-huh. and when she was so open in a small group where she didn't know how everyone was feeling about it and about a topic that's so vulnerable like sex mm-hmm. before marriage I thought wow I think she will be a good small group leader. She became a small group leader as well. Okay. So um, the, the ability to be vulnerable and to, and to put yourself out there is definitely yeah. a, a and to characteristic. Yeah, and to be so honest about something that's, that you really don't want to talk about. Sure. Um, I thought that was pretty big, I thought. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something else? Hmm. Uh, I think it's sometimes we, by talking about, stuff like that we make it too complicated for people to really buy in (laughs) okay i'm willing to do it because it doesn't take really too much Um, and if you just organize a little bit and say hey people this is when we meet this is what we do and just by by being an example and things are developing you know and um i i think Spiritually, it's good to be sensitive to God and create room for God to move and do his thing. I think if we get caught up in programs, yeah. um, we kind of close the door for God, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. But so, we really want people who, who love Jesus yes. so much mm-hmm. yeah. and who put that first mm-hmm. over everything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's something we look out for and then people who who also kind of buy in to the vision we have for small groups yeah that's probably not a quality but it's something we always try to um, get our leaders to realize that small group is not just about meeting every week talking about a topic Mm -hmm. everyone saying yes and amen and then we talk about another topic next week and it was fun but we really want small group leaders to real realize that um, there is a vision behind small group and that we want them 
to really um, buy into that vision and also realize what they can do to help people grow. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we have a lot of people who could be good leaders, but who, who don't really want to, you know, have responsibility or buy into a vision of what we think small groups would be for. They're okay. like, yeah, it's nice to have the meeting and for people to exchange and I can lead that, but I don't want to lead anything else. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. Lead small That's group, good. change lives. <laughs> lead small group That's and change lives. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. Is there anything else you guys want to share about small groups? Anything that's like on your heart? Like this is like, uh, I want to make sure I talked about this, but Alan didn't ask a question. <laughs> we have a, Jan always comes up with really good slogans or uh -huh. Uh -huh. like you no know, nuggets kind of. Yeah. And the new thing we're kind of trying to introduce to our students is the slogan, um, less transformation. transformation instead of information. Awesome. So, which comes with, because students are always like, oh, too bad church or small group didn't talk about spiritual gifts. Now I don't know anything about it. <laughs> we're like, but if you want to learn and grow in that area, mm -hmm. you go and find out yourself. Because small mm -hmm. group and church should not, first of all, be about informing you, giving you more information, but we really want people to be transformed and yeah. go through a process process of transformation so that everything you learn or hear really makes a difference in your life yeah. and really ask God, okay, what, what do you want to tell me about this topic and what do you want me to do with it? Always those two questions. What yeah. is God telling you and what are you doing with it? Yeah. Um, instead of, okay, I learned something about Israel and Palestine today. Next week I'm learning about relationships and it's yeah. nice. And I'm just getting more information, but I'm not doing anything with it in my life and mm. my everyday life. Mm. So that's kind of the, it's not new, but it's yeah. what we're trying to um, get into the group. Uh, kind of awesome. a new approach, kind of. It's not new, but. <laughs> that's a good focus. It's a good focus to be, to be reminding people about that. I think, mm -hmm. especially with university students, a lot of their life is about taking in information yes. and not a lot of, uh, not a lot of professors are requiring transformation of them, you know, <laughs> so, um, but for us to realize that God is more than just an information source and the Bible is more than just uh, a textbook. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Very cool. Well, guys, I thank you so much for being a part of our, our, uh, podcast this week and i look forward Thanks for having us yeah I, I look forward to staying in touch in the future. Maybe someday we'll get to see you face to face. Have you guys been to Austria yet? Well, he has been to the Vienna. Um, oh, he went to the prayer thing. Okay. But you guys weren't back yet, right? No, we weren't back yet. And and I know that in the past, you guys have said you'd never been to Austria. And I was, I'm appalled. So please come visit. Well, okay. I, I think yeah, I have been. He hasn't. Oh, no. no. no come. We'll come skiing. We'll come ski. That's great. <laughs> I hey, where exactly do you guys live now? We're right in downtown Salzburg. So we would love to. I've never been to Salzburg. I've only been to Vienna. Okay, well, it's different. Yeah. That's a, that <laughs> was, We'd love to come to Salzburg. You guys come visit us. All right, well, thanks so much for being a part of our uh, group and our, our podcast. And uh, God bless you guys, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. We hope you enjoyed the SFC Europe podcast. And if you stuck with us through uh, a lot of fun times, uh, a lot of discussion, I really appreciate it. 
It would be so great if you would uh, go ahead and subscribe on whatever servers you're using so we know that you want to get the podcast every single time it comes out. It would be great if you drop us a line or a comment on the website or even go to the uh, SFC Europe um, Facebook page and leave us a note there. We would love to hear from you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.